Sisters and brothers, the Lord be with you. The reading from the Holy Gospel is written to us by Matthew. Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. John tried to prevent him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and yet you are coming to me? Jesus said to him in reply, Allow it now, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he allowed him. After Jesus was baptized, he came up from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened for him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming upon him. And a voice came from the heavens, saying, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. The Gospel of the Lord. Good evening. As you may all know, I have four sons, all grown, thank God. Patrice and I can still remember that one December day right after Christmas when our youngest, Jacob, who was no more than probably five at the time, looked up at us and said in a lamenting voice, Christmas is over. And indeed, on this feast of the baptism of the Lord, we bring our liturgical Advent Christmas season to a close. The season that began with John the Baptist, the voice in the desert, preparing the way of the Lord, helping make straight the paths, and baptizing all who were coming to him. And we now close the season with John again, and now after much protest, baptizing his cousin Jesus in the same waters of the Jordan. Water. Such a strong symbol and sacramental sign. Thus we began our liturgy with this sprinkling rite, using water from our baptismal font. The font, which is central to our faith, even made clear by its central location here in our church. The font where the waters of baptism flow just about every weekend here at St. Paul's. The font where, during our funeral liturgy, the procession in and out of church pauses right there at the baptismal font so that a final blessing can be made on the casket using the water. The font where the waters are used to fill the holy water fonts that are at the entrances and doors of all the church here, where many, by, often by habit, dip their fingers in and bless themselves when they come and go. But on this feast of the baptism of the Lord, we need to take a moment to pause and remind ourselves of the meaning and obligations that these baptismal waters carry for each and every one of us. For all those uses of water, of course, are designed to remind us of one thing, that we are baptized, which in turn reminds us that we are initiated into the discipleship of Jesus. We belong to Christ. It's our ID card that we carry with us, our mark, our branding. It's one that tells everyone where we are and who we belong to. And when we complete the sacraments of initiation with confirmation, that mark is sealed and signed and we are forever identified. See, many of us grew up in our faith learning that baptism was that necessary fix to get rid of that mark, that stain of original sin. And while that was and still is true, 
It's only a part of the sacrament. Baptism is simply not just the negative erasing of original sin, but it's the positive call to be a disciple. Pope Francis recently reminded us of this as disciples, that we need to go out and into the world and make a bunch of noise. We need to wake up the world. We need to be a witness of doing things in a different way by how we act and how we live. We need to follow his lead and show that it's possible to live differently in this world. To show that we can live and behave in a truly different way by loving and serving others without expecting anything in return. I know we're all just getting over the indulgences of the holidays and it would have been a lot easier to listen to a homily that only required passive listening. But on the contrary, on this feast day, we are reminded of our commitment to be active members of this church, a lifelong commitment to be a disciple of Christ. We're reminded of our baptisms and our own initiations and our own commissionings to do the work of Jesus, to be a representative of Christ, to call the little ones forward. You know, we are blessed here at St. Paul's to have a very active community with over 50 ministries and hundreds involved. But what does your discipleship look like? No doubt it's different for each of us. For some, it may be raising your children or caring for a family member or a neighbor. Or maybe it's volunteering at, at one of the shelters. At the same time, there may be some who think they have nothing to offer. Some may feel so bro broken, why bother? Some who may be so angry at the church, why participate? Some may be surrounded with so much loss that it's hard to envision ever being able to call forth from their personal deserts the ability to make straight paths. There was such a man in Eastern Europe who faced that same dilemma. And his response is now commemorated with a statue in the town square where he lived. Not because he was a war hero or a politician or a famous athlete or even a rock star. Rather, the statue is a tribute to him being like John the Baptist, for being disciple-like, for calling out to others who were in need. And his story goes like this. One day during the war in Sarajevo, a bomb was dropped on a bakery where 22 people were waiting in line to buy bread. All 22 people were killed. A citizen of the town, a man named Vedran Samalovic, decided that he wanted to do something to mark the death of these innocent victims. He said, I'm a simple man. What can I do? See, before the war, Vedran played in the Sarajevo Orchestra, but once the war started, everyone was afraid to venture out of their homes just to go listen to music. So with no performances to play, he walked the streets looking for a job, trying to figure out what to do with his life. But when he heard about the bakery bombing, Vedran dressed up in his tux and his tails, and he grabbed his cello, and he marched down to the square. He sat there amid the pile of debris for 22 days, one day for each of the victims. 
and he played his favorite pieces. He braved the artillery fire and ducked sniper bullets and went on playing his cello, trying to show people that there is hope, that there is a better way. So today in that same town square is a statue of Edrin sitting on a chair playing his cello. People often bring flowers to put around the base of the statue, always 22 flowers for the 22 lives that were lost. He's a hero to them. He is John the Baptist to them. He's the one who walked the steps of Christ. He's the one who looked to make crooked paths straight, to make rough roads smooth. So we end this season with the gospel story of John baptism, baptizing his cousin Jesus in the River Jordan. It was the beginning of his public life, his inauguration, his right of entrance into the active ministry. See, so too our baptism is calling us to do the same, to be an active follower and disciple of Christ. For baptism is more than just our admission into the church, and it's more than just the removal of original sin, and it's more than just belonging to the church. It's about being church, of doing church, and of living church in all that we do. Closing, we hear at the end of this gospel, Jesus comes out of the waters and a voice from above cries out, you are my beloved son, with you I am well pleased. That's the voice that cries out to all of us living out our baptism. Those are the words that our ears need to hear every day from each other and in our prayer life. That's why we keep using the sign and symbol of water so that we will never, ever forget who we belong to. So the next time you're sprinkled with water at the beginning of Mass or you attend a baptism or you bless yourselves with water from the fonts at the doors, remember your call and your commission and your commitment that we all have in Christ. And never, ever forget the voice from heaven that calls out to each and every one of you every day. You're my beloved son. You're my beloved daughter. With you, I am well pleased. Go be my disciple.